As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda start your day off on the right foot on the front foot with virtual coffee with the collective cafe where we mastermind we manifest we collaborate we help one another at the business of web3 or anything else that intersects whether it's culture collaboration creativity innovation disruption entrepreneurship or coaching so give us a subscribe bit.ly/collectivecafe to go or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe well good morning good morning ronda and christopher in our discord brucey brucey who is both in our discord and then just jumped into Clubhouse. Looks like they fixed the bug. I think. I think they fixed the bug. Which means that live people, maybe they didn't fix the bug because I don't see anyone in the room on Clubhouse. So who the hell knows? It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Everybody's just trying to figure it out. <clears throat> I just invited about 100 people just going down the Clubhouse list um, interesting to see who is actually online versus not online. Um, so this is like a good indication as to where things are right now. Um, we'll see whether people find the room or not or how the pings work. Um, it is Wellness Wednesday, and um, I'm going to play our uh, still. At, <laughs> at one point, I'm actually going to go and figure out how to like get the uh, the fix the the intonation. Uh, but this is the AI generated theme song. We all come together collectively. A place of acceptance, no judgment here today. All right, so today we're going to talk about splitters. It's nice and intimate, isn't it? Um, it is. It's uh, 
it's Bruce and Abir in, in the clubhouse room. And in Discord, we have Rhonda and Christopher. Christopher, you're going to like the topic. Uh, today, we're going to talk about splitters versus blenders. Splitters versus blenders. If you had to take a guess, what would you think we were talking about if I said splitters versus blenders? Uh, put it in the chat if you are uh, able to chat. Um, I was actually, funny enough, looking uh, <clears throat> for a topic this morning. And I like, you know, I have this very interesting, I, I call it ordered chaos is my process, which is um, I let things come to me in, in, a, in a very natural manner. So, for example, like I didn't, sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll be inspired and I'll plan something in advance. But this one is like literally about 15 minutes ago and I'm thinking, hmm, what should I talk about? So, <clears throat> this was my process. I went back and I looked at my emails and looked at a couple of things. I, I knew I'd flagged one or two things that seemed interesting to me. It just shows you, by the way, the power of an email headline. Seriously. Like I'm at a point now where I am, you know, I'll, I'll, Every day I've got hundreds of marketing or different newsletters and um, <clears throat> I'll just delete them based on the headline. So there could be like five different articles um, and three of them could be like game-changing for them, for me, whatever. But it's just based on what they choose to be the subject head that will determine whether in fact I delete that email without even looking at it. And so this is one that caught my eye. And so I read it and I was like, okay, that's interesting. <clears throat> I, I don't I think I need a little bit more meat. So then I went uh to Chat GPT and I said, um, I've got like a great process with Chat GPT. I mean it works for me. And I just said, Can you give me a random yet relevant topic to talk about on Wellness Wednesday in the Collective Cafe? And um <clears throat> what actually came up, interestingly enough, was very much connected to that first email, so much so that it just seemed uncanny. Um, the actual topic was the intersection of mental health and remote work navigating the new normal. So that's what ChatGPT came up with. And then I looked at kind of the 10 key takeaways and I was like, yeah, I can totally talk to all of that. And that's what I'm going to do. But first I'm going to set up the original topic. So the original topic I said to you, um, and I'm just looking to see if anyone, Rhonda or Christopher, uh, Bruce, Elon. Oh, no way. Elon Musk is in here. That's amazing. Thanks for coming back, Elon. Uh, Victoria, um, <clears throat> want to see if, uh, see if anyone knows what a splitter versus a blender is. Um, so if no one has said so, I am just going to go ahead and reveal uh, what it is. So this is really about um, employees and um, and. Um, this idea of, um, well, I'll give you the definition. A splitter prefers a job that is nine to five where work and life are separated. A blender prefers a job where work and life are more blended throughout the day. So this article actually said more employees want a nine to five schedule than leaders think. <clears throat> I actually want to tell you that the, um, well, I want to tell you the the subject head, the thing that got my attention because it was kind of, um, uh, so this, this was the headline, poll, colon, HR misjudges the number of, of splitter, in air quotes, employees. So great job. That got my attention. I found the article to be very, very like meh. I'm just going to put that in the cafe chat um, in Discord. Poll, HR misjudges the number of splitter employees. So that just got my attention. And I went in and and the article itself, um, as I said, it's a bit misleading because <clears throat> what it says is, this is, by the way, one of the reasons why you really want to, if you can, be in our Discord versus Clubhouse um, because I have the ability in Discord to like post a screenshot or or more links, which I'm about to do. But I'll walk it through for you if you are in Clubhouse. And anyway, look, this is voice. Um, so, you know, if you are doing always what I ask you to do or what I would love you to do, I don't ask you, but I would love you to be doing other things, not sitting in front of a laptop or, uh, you know, typing on a keyboard. That's not the point. This is audio. So, you know, to consume audio, you should not necessarily be using your eyes. 
I mean, you you know, that's another topic for another day. So I just posted um, the actual um, uh, findings, and I'll tell you exactly what it says. So it says um, CRO, CHROs, Chief Human Resource Officers, believe corporate and front frontline employees want these work schedules. So amongst white collar employees, twenty four percent splitters and seventy six percent blenders, right? And then production of frontline employees, 54% splitters and 46% blenders. And then and then the second is, but employees actually want these. So now I'm, I'm just going to give it to you again, white collar to white collar. White collar employees, 45% want uh, to be splitters and 55% want to be blenders. Um, now I realize because they flipped it, this now makes a lot more sense to me. So let's just go through that again. Uh, White-collar employees, CHROs, believed only one in four want to be a splitter, but 45%, almost one in two, almost 50-50 want to, amongst white-collar employees, want to be a splitter. Amongst blenders, um, the CHRO believes 54% of them want to be splitters, and actually 62% of them want to be splitters. So, so in actual fact, it's the production and frontline employees that's a little bit more in line now that I see it. I don't know why they flipped it. It's so stupid. Um, but for the most part, for the most part, right, two-thirds, just under two-thirds of more blue-collar or frontline employees are actually saying at 5 o'clock on a Friday, I'm out, I'm gone, see you on Monday. Um, you know, you don't pay me enough. Uh, to actually have to work weekends. Um, so the real um, insight here is amongst white-collar employees that twice the many of white-collar employees actually want to split their time. I'm kind of shocked by that. I don't know what you think. Drinking my coffee here. I'm shocked by it because, you know, e- like e- not even me, but me, um, I've been advocating very much so um, that we are operating in this hybrid environment. I mean, when you add remote working to this, you can actually see what a mess it is, what an absolute mess it is. So my argument has always been, and, 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 and I, wrote, I actually wrote this into the book, into my new book. I said, look, you know, there is no such thing as work-life separation anymore. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, th- this is what I wrote. I said there is no separation between work and life anymore but the point that i made is if if you as the employer expect your people to do work stuff after hours then you the employer i guess i'm saying something slightly different then you the employer have to also allow your employees to do personal stuff during work hours and i guess my you know my little context setter for that is you should be able to walk the dog during the day. You should be able to take clarity breaks during the day. You should be able to blend your personal life into your work life. You should be able to be a blender. So just also there's a nuance here because there's what I would prefer and what I would and what I'm allowed. I think those are also two different points. Right? You can't be pissed off with me as as my employer if you know i'm not at your beck and call from i don't know 8am on a monday to 8pm on a on a on a friday or 8pm on a monday even um there's got to be some system you can't be proctoring me you can't be you know checking up on me you can't expect me to have my camera on all the time you can't be policing me like i'm a child as well so but what would I want? What would I prefer? Well, you know, I'd prefer, um, I'd prefer you to trust me, um, and and I don't expect you just to gratuitously trust me. In fact, if I get my work done, isn't that enough? Isn't shouldn't that be enough? Shouldn't it be enough for you to trust me that way um, that I get my work done? So splitters versus blenders. Look, I would be remiss. Just also, uh, hello to Praxim and Jensen and Billy who are in our Discord at the moment. There's definitely something going on in the clubhouse drinking water today because normally we have, 
I don't know, we have about 70, 80 people that get pinged in automatic, automagically. Um, I'm sure many of you, I'm just jumping back to Clubhouse for a second, I'm sure many of you were aware of the fact that there was a bug in air quotes in iOS 17, which apparently has been fixed. There was a another crazy town hall uh, last night. Um, it does not look like everything was fixed, but we will see what happens nevertheless. Um, and so um, today we have a very small intimate room in Clubhouse, and that's okay too. So I would be remiss if I didn't kind of draw the analogy of Severance, you know, the show on Apple TV, Severance, where, you know, there is a um, a chip or there's like a procedure where your work and life are separated and, uh, you know, people come to work and they don't even know what they're, they don't even recognize their personal life. They don't even know if they're married or not. They have no, they don't bring any of their personal issues or, or challenges. God knows we have many of them, you know, with our, our kids, our spouse, whatever, you know, um, and and work is work. And then when you leave the office and you go home, you don't remember a damn thing about work. In fact, you're not even necessarily sure what you do for a living. Um, it's all completely separated. So that's, you know, that's this dystopian Black Mirror-ish, um, you know, kind of, that. that's, if we're triangulating something here, that's the, uh, that's one node of your triangulation, right? Your other node is the fact that work exists between nine to five, Monday through Friday, in a physical place of of work, right? Where you commute. You don't work from home. You don't do anything from home. And you also don't do work stuff at night or on the weekends. And then your third is this um, this kind of new reality, this new normal. And uh and I'm not even going to call it hybrid. I'm just going to call it remote, right? It is remote. And, and, and we can have conversations about could remote be virtual? Could remote be social, audio? Could, like, what does remote even mean? Does remote mean Zoom and only Zoom? It shouldn't. It shouldn't at all. So those are your triangulation points. And somewhere in the middle is an interesting uh, sweet spot. How well do CHROs know their employees? It turns out... That um, and then you know um, the point is that leaders underestimate splitters, um, and then there's another section that says work-life balance or work-life boundaries. I'll just read it to you. Successful leaders may naturally feel that their work style is the best option because it works for them. They might also assume that 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 that's how people around them prefer to work. Our one takeaway from Gallup's findings that leaders could be underestimating the number of their employees who want a more structured nine-to-five routine, dedicated focus time, and to know exactly when they are working or not. Leaders may need to be more understanding of those who prefer clear work work boundaries. Um, but an even better approach is this, ask. Leaders should ask team members how they prefer to work. Are they splitters or blenders? Knowing this can help leaders decrease, decrease interpersonal friction while getting more work done. I, I found this, this is very annoying to me. Like, I don't, I don't buy, like, this is not a good leader doesn't just go and ask each person and then take a poll and then decide to like create a structure, you know, based on consensus. There's got to be some more vision. There's got to be some more um, authority, some more conviction as well. The key word for me in this badly written, (laughs) you know, um, explanation is the word structure. Structure. That's the key word here. Structure. People. People love structure. People want structure. That doesn't mean rigidity. It just means to be very clear about borders and boundaries and expectations, you know, and and about how, you know, whether it's time blocking, whether that is something you do personally for yourself, whether it's, you know, being able to, um, what's it called, the Pomodoro effect or the Pomodoro method, however you work best, um, whether that works better in a remote um, environment or whether it can be emulated at the office. Um, but different strokes for different uh, different folks. But ultimately, we're all trying to be productive and we're all trying to, you know, harness our energy and we're, always, and we're all trying to get the, the most done and the best done, you know, in probably the shortest amount of time. Work smarter, you know, not necessarily harder. One of the things that I've learned... Uh, in EOS, <clears throat> is that the concept of hitting the ceiling, which every business goes through, 
um, is one of the signs you know that you've hit the ceiling is where you're working harder and harder and harder. You know, you're working more and more hours um, and yet you're not breaking through. Nothing is changing. Whatever you do doesn't work. So you do more, 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 more. You keep working harder and harder. You keep switching up. Nothing seems to work. And eventually that leads to increased frustration <clears throat> and ultimately uh, fatigue and burnout. And people end up either getting fired or resigning um, or just, you know, just kind of giving up. So um, the splitter versus the blender um, association, I, you know, I think you could actually end up with both. I think you can actually end up with splits within the blend, if that makes sense. That's what I would do. I would, I would represent that as a Venn diagram, splitters and blenders, and I would call it sweet spot in the middle. I'm like visualizing this right now. Sweet spot sits in the middle between the splitter and the blender. Let me see if I can find where is my, uh, where is my uh, Kindle, my Kindle scribe. I'm going to actually draw that and then maybe I'll see if I can put that into the, uh, into the chat as well, the representation of splitters and blenders. I like that idea. I like the idea of structure. I like the idea of, for example, and you, you've heard me say this many times, that I believe that every single company should be having their own version of a collective cafe, you know, eight to nine, one hour before work begins. I think that's a fantastic idea to create some kind of a, a hybrid or some kind of a, a structure as well um, that that is different, that anticipates and and respects, if you will, this new normal, this new reality as well. So I'm drawing the diagram. I'm calling it. Um, I'm doing it actually right now while I'm trying to talk to you. Uh, splitter, splitters, blenders, and um, we'll just call that one sweet spot. There you go. So I'll go ahead and 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 uh, and upload that for you if I can quickly before the end of today. So I'm going to come back to the the topic of splitters and blenders. But first, what I'm going to do is, you know, as I said to you, my my weird process today my was um, finding this article, saying, okay, there's something interesting happening here. Um, I'm intrigued. Uh, let me go a little bit deeper. I wasn't, you know, necessarily enamored with what I found. And so I then went and I uh, went to ChatGPT and I said, hey, listen, chat, can you give me like a random topic for today? Just like kind of, but random yet relevant, considering it's Wellness Wednesday. So that was important. Um, and uh, the topic that came up was actually perfectly aligned. And so I was like, brilliant, you know, great minds think alike. Um, and so I'm going to, now, if you're in Discord, I'm, I'm going to put my little there. I just put the, um, um, I just put my splitters, blenders, little diagram that I just created now for you. So you have access to that. If you are on Clubhouse and you want to see it, uh, just go to discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and you will get access to that as well as the graph. So just before I make the transition, and if you came in here and you're a little new, um, what we're discussing is that there are uh, people who work, workers, employees, talent, um, that are either splitters, meaning they prefer a job that is nine to five where work and life are separated, and blenders prefer a job where work and life are more blended during the day. And uh, what, what the company believes is that 24% of white-collar employees uh, would want to be splitters, but actually 45% of them do, double the amount. And I think it's actually like, you know, just to kind of, you know, put a little bow on it. Um, what is happening here is because this is without question affected by COVID, influenced by this hybrid work-life balance. Um, I mean, this, this hybrid remote existence. What is happening right now is, and I would suspect if I'm guessing here, I would suspect that really what's happening is that employers – you know, and I know, I know Bez is here and Christopher's here. Um, I would suspect that employers are taking advantage of employees, which is why this, this shift has happened, right? Because now suddenly it's like, well, you're at home, so I may as well be able to reach you anytime, all the time. Hey, you had a remote day today. Like, it's like I know where you are. So uh, maybe, you know, so when I emailed you at 7.30 in the morning, why didn't you respond? 
or you know 6 30 or 7 p.m hey listen i know you were home and like 45 minutes ago so why not be able to you know email you or call you you know unsolicited 30 minutes later by the way i know you're not commuting you used to commute for an hour and a half every day and i know you're not doing that so um and then maybe increasing passive aggressiveness or frustration you know when uh when it's 502 and you don't respond to me anymore you know, and then I come back and go, well, you know, I was on the treadmill. I mean, <clears throat> work was over at five and I, I went for a jog. I mean, what should I have done? Taken the call while I was running. So you can see that, that, that there is still a need for structure within this unstructured environment. And that's why um, I spoke about the sweet spot being between the splitters and the blenders. But more importantly, the other point I made is that what we need is split within the blend. And I think that structure is is what is going to kind of help and save us. Um, and, um, you know, again, I always use the traffic analogy approach, right? Red light, you know, non-negotiable under no circumstances. Green light all the time. Amber or orange, you know, yellow, um, negotiable, right? Some days yes, some days no, more flexible. So fixed and flexible. Uh, fixed is green or red, yes or no. Binary, <clears throat> flexible is the managing the gray, the 256 shades of gray. So, so let me go to the article. I mean the article. Let me go to these 10 points, right? Um, and um, this is the kind of blurb that uh, ChatGPT came up with. Uh, the intersection of mental health and remote work navigating the new normal. Um, and it says... Um, you know, so I'll just, what I'll do is, um, you know, it says with a rise in remote work due to the pandemic and a parallel increase in mental health challenges, there's a pressing need to unpack the relationship between the two. So I'm going to kind of walk you through those uh, 10 points and, um, and then see what you think. Um, and then, you know, if you are in our Discord and you want to join the stage at about 8.45 or if you're followed, you know, if you're a regular, I should say, um, in Clubhouse and you want to add to the conversation, um, maybe we'll bring you up as well. So <clears throat> point, <coughs> excuse me, point number one, uh, work-life blur, the disappearing boundary between work and personal life. I mean, I think that's what we've been discussing, right? Is that without the boundary, it's the be careful what you wish for part. Um, without that boundary, it does create ambiguity and with ambiguity comes confusion. Um, and with con- confusion, um, comes a, an increased need to manage expectations or to be very clear about what is, again, as I said, fixed and what is variable or negotiable. Uh, number two, uh, Zoom gloom, the mental exhaustion from endless virtual meetings. I mean, one of the things, just because we're now working remotely and in these hybrid environments, does not mean that we have uh, solved the problem with of, of, of meetings, of too many meetings. Um, I will tell you uh, two points uh, that I would share with you. Number one is, you know, <clears throat> going back to EOS, one of the things that EOS absolutely zeroes in on is the fact that, you know, when we ask business owners and we do that in, you know, whether it's um, in, in, a, in a, one of the ramp-up calls or in the 90-minute meeting, the free um, you know, no obligation um, consultation that we do with them. Um, we actually ask them to rate their meetings, rate their meeting effectiveness from one to 10. And I've yet to see an executive or a member of a leadership team uh, rate meetings be, beyond a five. I mean, if you think about it, if you think about it, Brucey, I'm going to bring you up uh, in a few minutes. Um, uh, definitely. So I see your hand raised. Um but if you think about it, who the hell rates their meetings higher than a five? Who would ever do that? It's just one of those necessary evils that are meetings are meant to be just like this. This you know, it's like it's like being in purgatory, right? They go on too long. They don't start on time. They don't end on time. They're they're filled with politics. There are too many people there. You're like, why are these people here? Um, nothing ever gets done. And and one of the things that you know, one of the things that that uh, you know, EOS, one of the tools is called the L10 meeting because the objective is to rate that meeting a ten every time. 
You know, when I did my first focus focus day now, my first session, my the rating for the full day was 9.5. Nine, my, I mean, it's, it's a session rating. It's not me personally, but it's a 9.5. It was a meeting that lasted 10 hours. It's meant to last seven hours, give or take an hour. So mentally, uh, you know, my client was meant to come in expecting eight hours. It ended up being 10 hours. Everyone was exhausted. I passed out when I got home. And the rating was a 9.5 because of the structure, because of the way that meetings are structured. Um, So the other point I was going to make is I've been having a lot of fun with Calendly. And I have to say, like, kudos to this amazing tool. Um, I, you know, I've managed to integrate five or six of my calendars now. And and, and so everything now is just like, it's so great. It's like having a VA, like a, a virtual assistant. If you were to go and, and, and book time with me now, what I've done is I've created rules, you know, so meetings can't be booked back to back. And I've created buffers as well for meetings that I know might go on too long. And so I've just created a whole set of rules now that allow me to kind of not end up in a position where, I, where I'm, I'm going back to back to back to back to back, you know, to a point, to a point where there is exhaustion, so it's really important, um, and, and there's, there is a lot you can do with Zoom or, or the equivalent. You know, I'm a huge fan of, especially in large groups of breakout rooms, I, in fact, prefer Zoom for breakouts than in a physical, because it's actually much harder, you know, if you've got a 25 people or 100 people to now, you know, push them into different rooms and corners of a room, it's almost impossible so the ability to now just break up into groups of four or five and do certain exercises and networking is actually one of the, I would say, key, in my opinion, differentiators um, with respect to uh, products like Zoom. Number three, digital detox, the essential practice of unplugging uh, for mental peace. And uh, I mean, I think um, there's a great quote that it gives at the bottom which says, uh, it's uh, Anne Lamott, almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. Um, again, I'm not just, you know, I'm not just saying it because, but, you know, one of the things that EOS has, has, has practices is a, a very anti-technology position. You know, so at the start of every meeting, it's put your phones away. And there have actually been studies that have determined, that have shown that when people have their phones on the table during meetings, even if the phone is face down, even if the phone is not buzzing and vibrating, there is an increased level of anxiety. So it's, it's, it's more than just no phones. It's actually take them away out of sight, out of mind as well. Digital detox. Number four, something that we've, um, we've discussed um, in various uh, collective cafes um, solitude versus loneliness, understanding the critical difference. Yes, it's something I've discussed as well, right? I love being alone. That doesn't mean I'm lonely. And on the flip side, you can be together in big groups and still be unbelievably lonely. There are people that are lonely in friendships or lonely in marriages, and they're around the people. They're not getting what they need. On the flip side, this idea of... Um, of solitude, you know, this was something as well. Remember when we did the whole that um, that session about when digging oneself into a hole, the best thing to do is to stop digging. Um, I'm actually going to put that out as a white paper, um, and um, in association when the book launches. Um, but you know, one of the one of the aspects of when digging oneself into a hole is just enjoy the darkness, enjoy the quiet time, embrace the darkness. The darkness can even be depressing. But you can actually sometimes just soak in it, you know, and, and, you know, and deal with it and, and, and almost enjoy the pain. I mean, this also comes back to, um, I, I had um, one episode of my show, of my talk show. Um, one, I had a basketball, um, I had a, a basketball player and uh, he actually plays in the uh, European leagues. And he spoke about when he had a debilitating uh, injury, I think it was like an ACL tear, and he was out for like, I don't know, like eight to 12 weeks, maybe more. I think an ACL can take you out even longer. And he just, he wallowed in it and he enjoyed it. He, he, like, he really made sure that he was present in the, 
this depressiveness because he didn't want to ever feel that again. So he wanted to like really maximize that moment to kind of know that, you know, to like understand, you know, push off against it so that he could never get there again or, or uh, you know, that he could appreciate the time when he was healthy and well. Uh, number five, uh, mindfulness in bites. Implementing mindfulness techniques for the digital age. Now, I don't know exactly what that means, but I'll tell you what my interpretation of that would be this idea there are so many apps now, you know, like Calm and, you know, breathing exercise. You can have breathing apps on your Apple Watch or whatever. And so, like, being able to, you know, this program that I just completed, uh, Positive Intelligence, there are these things called PQ reps, you know, close your eyes, um, focus on sight, on sound, on touch, on breathing. Um, so, you, and that's physical, but also for the digital age, there are ways to be able to actually practice that as well. Take these little, you know, uh, this is not a clarity break, it's just a mindfulness break. Um, number six, ergo matters. Physical space impacts mental space. Um, and that, you know, absolutely applies both you know, in terms of working in a physical environment, I mean, at work and working remotely, because you're still in a physical environment. So everything in terms of uh, lighting and stuffiness and, you know, and fresh air and, you know, and, and plants and greenery and just surrounding yourself with things that are going to, you know, that are always going to bring your energy up as opposed to bog you down. I mean, it's actually, to me, it's become, um, I would almost say the physical space of the of the of the workplace is actually a deterrent now it's a, not a deterrent it's actually a negative is what i mean it's a deficiency what i mean it's like the concept of the cube farm like i mean what what were we doing to our employees we've made the work environment just so awful uh, another quote um that 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 was supplied here from albert camus is you cannot create experience, you must undergo it. And uh, for the most part, we have not done a very good job of creating a work experience. There is no work, has anybody, does anybody come home from, you know, I don't know, floor 67 in Manhattan talking about their work experiences? I don't know. Um, Jennifer Lewis says monthly jobs are good. Um, <laughs> um, it's so funny. Uh, I guess it's just <laughs> it's just a little bit of a, a plug. Let's give her a plug. Monthly jobs are good, but not having double means of income is not cool. Trading your three hundred dollars will definitely generate good pro, uh, profits rate of six thousand without panicking. It's cool. Ask how? How, Jennifer? Tell me how. Damn it! Tell me how to replace my revenue. Uh, I would love for you to tell me how. Um, where is Jennifer? It looks like she's gone. Um, so she came and she left. Jennifer may be a bot. Um, we just, again, we take the good with the bad. So actually, I would say, going back to this idea of ergo matters, is that we actually can create better work environments, not at work. You know, and until, and right now, work is at a competitive disadvantage. So this is not going back to the, like, hey, let's, let's put in more bean bags. You know, let's offer free cornflakes. I mean, this is why, I, I don't think anyone would want to work for a corporation if they had a choice. This is why I would rather work for a small or medium business. Um, long term, there are mental health issues at stake, and of course, I'm not knocking the importance of of coming home with a salary, with a you know, with a paycheck, and being able to you know, and being able to pay the bills. Um, but I will say, just to make this full circle here. That if you are not giving me the stimulation and the fulfillment and the and the mental health that I need, don't expect me to be a blender. I'm going to be a splitter every single day. You know, I am going to absolutely switch off and see ya. You know, I'll see you see ya on a Monday at nine a.m. Uh, number seven: scheduled sanity. Importance of having a structured day. I mean, again, I think we've discussed this today. So it's just like it's amazing how great minds think alike. I, I, I'm fairly convinced ChatGPT listens to me. There's definitely some listening going on here because it just seems too weird and uncanny. Um, scheduled sanity. I love that. It's a, great, it's a great phrase, by the way, scheduling sanity, right? Um, 
having a structured day, having a structured day that builds in mindfulness and builds in clarity breaks and builds in walking the dog as well and builds in time blocking and builds in the ability not to go back to back. Number eight, going to love this one, community connect. Leveraging digital platforms for authentic connections. Interesting. It says leveraging digital platforms for authentic connections. It doesn't say it doesn't say physical. It doesn't say hey everybody meet in the break room, right? It's talking about digital platforms. They may as well be talking about the collective cafe. They might be talking about a 5 p.m. Zoom on a Friday where everybody brings an adult beverage. Um, and there are some, you know, exercises and icebreakers and uh, and team building exercises. Community, the future of business is community. I wrote that in my very first book in 2004. Number nine, uh, resource radar, platforms and tools to boost mental well-being. I think that fits in with this idea of um, mindfulness in bites. Um, there are amazing tools and platforms, um, are companies investing in them and are we investing in them as well um, to keep ourselves sharp, mentally sharp, but also mentally healthy? And then number 10, the final one is executive check-in, why leadership needs uh, to take this seriously. So it's much more than that kind of passive um Bruce, if you still want to come up, um, raise your hand or I'll I'll invite you up, invite to speak. Um, You know, why leadership needs to take this seriously. Yeah, I mean, yes, as opposed to just go and ask. You shouldn't have to ask. You should know. You should be be, uh, plugged in. You should be checked in. You should be aware of all of this. You should be creating the environment. You should want to create the the best possible work experience for your talent the best possible work experience for your talent that's what we want here what we want is for people to say i had a great experience today at work i mean i've used this example before you know when uh for you know this was part of the whole w uh differentiation and positioning the w hotel you know um, they would say, um, enjoy your experience at the beginning or when you checked out, they would say, how was your experience? Now, which is a little presumptuous, which is like, well, what do you mean? I, you know, checked in online, you know, in the app, I got my mobile key. I went up to my room without talking to a human being. Um, I crashed. I got up in the morning and I came downstairs and now I'm leaving. What do you mean? How was my experience? Well, um, that's an experience in of itself you know, that you were able to not have to talk to a human, which some introverts don't like. You know, most introverts probably don't like. Um, and maybe maybe you chose an experience that was low touch and, um, you know, or no touch and, and didn't want to talk to someone and just wanted to go and have a good night's sleep. But, you know, they started doing like other things. Like, for example, they changed the mats in the elevators in the morning it says good morning and the afternoon says good afternoon and in the evening you know it sounds like the truman show good morning good afternoon good night it says good evening and and i guess good night so a simple little practice um of being able to just change the mats in the elevator based on the time of day so you're actually being greeted even without you know or without necessarily that greeting coming from a person but that's all part of what they call the W experience. I'm a huge believer that every company needs to have a insert your company name here, experience, right? The Starbucks experience, the Nike Town experience, the Apple experience. Apple, there can be an Apple Store experience, but there's also an entire Apple experience as well in terms of the way everything works and blends um, together. You know, there's an Apple experience when you get a MacBook in the in you know the ship to you i mean now i mean let's just talk about that for a second i know it's a little bit of a tangent i don't know if you still want to come up bruce and uh and let's see um uh josie lewis from the beautiful state of south carolina uh if you if you still want to join the stage i would love for you to join <coughs> but the apple experience now is um you know surprise surprise um come on up ruben um the apple experience is such 
that uh, you know they they ship they get an Uber driver to bring your you know to bring your uh, MacBook. I'm just gonna keep you just just stand mute for one second, Ruben, if you don't mind. You're probably running again. Um, but um, the Apple experience, you get your MacBook delivered um, same day within a few hours because it's just being shipped to you from the store. Um, and then you open up this box and you're like, where's the manual? There's no manual. You don't need a manual. It's so intuitive that you just follow the, the prompts on the screen. And then immediately it automatically says, hmm, looks like there's another MacBook next door. Is that your old one? Obviously, it doesn't say any of these words. Hey, would you like to just port everything over? Like, sure, I would love to. And that whole experience begins. And then the next thing you know, your brand new MacBook Pro is is your is your old MacBook Pro, but only better and more improved. And literally, it's so easy that anyone can figure it out. That is an experience in of itself. So we definitely need to create and think about and conceptualize and deliver a work experience. And I would say, and then we'll go over to Ruben, that a company that can actually deliver a work experience, including but not limited to, you know, addressing work-life blurred, uh, Zoom gloom, digital detox, solitude versus loneliness, mindfulness in bites, ergo matters, scheduled sanity, community connect, resource radar, and executive check-in, all of that, this is a company that will find their sweet spot between the blenders and the splitters, creating structure, order within chaos, creating even the ability to have uh, splitters within the blend or blenders within the split, if that makes sense. Um, Ruben, over to you. Yeah, I, I spent, uh, I just finished my workout, so I run, I'm in the park. I, uh, I was a Navy SEAL for 10 years, and that environment, I've been trying to duplicate in business ever since I got out, and it's just very difficult to do, but one of the factors, you know, is just, you start off working out every, every morning, that's what you do, first thing, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock, you're doing a group PT, or you're going, doing the optical course, or run, swim, run, or state park run you know every day you get your endorphins kicking before you even get started which helps your attitude but then also it wasn't always the case every time but there was you got things to do driven and, and you could harness your focus which is very difficult in the in today's corporate environment uh getting people you know, being working as a team toward a goal to get something done. And, uh, you know, I, I joke around, you know, because my whole focus has been trying to find 16 guys to get all focused on the same thing at the same time. And when I've seen how doing that, we can do amazing things. I mean, things that are beyond what normal people could even comprehend. But as that group working together, you know, focus on the same same thing. I mean, and that's all you're focused on while you're there, and you enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, listen. This sorry, I no. Did you say Navy Seal? That's correct. Right. So, well, first of all, you know, thank you for your service, um, and. Um, I mean, the Navy SEALs, they've written, uh, oh my goodness, books and books and books and training programs and courses. Yeah, those are all the new guys. Those are, really? All those guys that are writing all the books that are doing the podcast, they were they were new guys, you know, when I was getting out. Yeah. Oh, Jocko Wilnick and David Goggins and and uh, uh, Brett Gleason. They weren't even around uh, so what's, when I was you know, so Ruben, out. What's the difference between like a Navy SEAL OG and uh, and and a new Navy SEAL? Well, the guys uh, <laughs> back in the day, I remember being a SEAL Team Four, a brand new guy, right out of budget training, and we had a run, swim, run on a Tuesday, and you had to run a mile to the beach, and I run past this 
you know, Vietnam vet, Master Chief, another guy was, you know, uh, he was a first-class petty officer, Vietnam vet, you know, they're walking to the beach. They, right about the time I get my fins on to get in the water, they're just now getting to the beach. And then they swim past me, swimming on their back, smoking cigarettes. And I'm like, what? I'm like, how do you do that? How can you? He goes, ah, anybody who doesn't smoke can do this shit. It was all the attitude, right? Now, the guys, you know, most of them are real, real health conscious. Uh, there's still a lot of drinking, but not as much as there used to be. You know, guys are more, you know, into their health, you know, longevity than they, than they used to be. Um, I don't drink at all. And I never have, but uh, there's also, you know, that that that's a huge part of it. There's more. Um, they came up with this uh, mantra that I had somebody get me on a podcast asking me about that. I'm like, yeah, we didn't talk, we didn't do that when I was in. That's a that's a new thing, right? But I, I think it's a good idea. There, uh, there's a lot more. Like the guy that actually uh, has a master's degree in system design, retired as a warrant officer for 30 years. Uh, he was a new guy. When I was about, I was getting out, I knew I was getting out. We were doing a dive. I'd had like 385 dives by this time. And I just slapped my rig together. Let's go. And uh, this guy, I'm watching, checking his rig for every neural nut, C-clamp, and O-ring. I'm like, oh, look at that. He was a real charismatic guy, you know, the life of the party. You know, into he was a kickboxer. I was a boxer. Um, he was a Christian too, and uh, he he went on and and uh, he did like eight combat tours. I last time I saw him uh, in the team, he we were just the SEAL Team reunion in 2006, and he he had 89 kills by that time, and uh, he went on and uh, yeah. he. he He's the guy that rewrote the curriculum for all of the uh, Naval Special Warfare training, bugs training, and STT. Then he went to steel swimmer delivery vehicle. You know, he, he took out some old things like Bangalore torpedoes that they used to use to blow concertina wire in World War II. Now they're teaching, they taught him breaching instead, because that's what they were doing. And so he lives like seven miles away from me now. We have like coffee like every Friday morning. So... And, you know, we talked so about Ruben, times and, and I, I'm, I'm fascinated, I'm fascinated by this. What, what I, what, what I want to ask you just cause I'm just mindful of the time is what's your, what's your feeling on, you know, as a Navy SEAL an ex Navy SEAL, but also listening to today, you know, recognizing that we're operating in this new normal, this unstructured in this, well, I don't want to say unstructured environment. I want to say this kind of, you know, this whole idea of, Work versus home versus work-life balance versus blending versus splitting versus, you know, being productive in a hybrid remote environment. What can we learn from the Navy SEALs, um, you know, to help navigate and guide us through this time, you know, where there is so much mental health strain and burnout, etc.? Oh. Well, so I've been like, I've been on great commission sales ever since I got out of the military in 96. And uh, so I'm always had to be uh, self-generated. It, it, what, what I'm missing that they, they do in the mil- in this military uh, and then, you know, in the field teams is, you know, at the beginning of every day uh, you have officers call and you're, you're putting out what this is, what the focus is today, people. Right, this is what we're, you know, we need to get done. These are the objectives, and it's a group uh, flowchart, is what they do. And 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 I think it'd be a great a great idea. I mean, my company they try to do that, but they're they got people on so many different the people that don't know never sold, you know, anything, never sold candy bars for their capsule league team or never whatever. Right, to uh, people that have been in the industry for years all trying to come up with a lot of, for me, there's a lot of, uh, you know, redundancies, which I just endure. Um, but these, 
having uh, a group that of the same mind is what I was really missing. I mean, if you can get people on the same page, uh, focus on the same thing, you know, at the same time, that's when the magic happens. And so even if you're even if you're in your remote, even if you are, uh, you know, self, you know, self-employed, you're if you can find some like, I mean, that's why I plug into this. I mean, I like what you have to say. Uh, you're, I like the way you direct the focus of the conversation. That's why I tune in. Well, thank you. And uh, you gave you gave an amazing insight right there at the end, um, which is this idea of it sounds it sounds so so simple. <laughs> And it sounds so basic, and yet it is so profound, which is just having everyone be on the same page. You know, the difference, of course, with, with, with in the military or life and death or in times of war is if you want, like literally it's life and death. So, it's, so, so you have a literal life and death situation if you are not all completely on the same page at the same time, crystal, crystal clear in terms of what a mission objective is, in terms of what your goals are, in terms of you know what the brief is, uh, there is no confusion or ambiguity um, whatsoever. And uh, and I think when we bring it back to the the work environment, which almost seems like like in a way trivial, banal compared to like when we think about this idea of lives at stake. I mean, lives are at stake. When we're talking about livelihoods are at stake, when we talk about being able to feed your your family and you know and make uh, and make ends meet, etc. So may, maybe we should be thinking more like the military when it comes to this: the importance of being on the same page. Um, and the only way to do that is there's, there's, to there's a- is to be to, you know is to come together, right? Is to like actually like like just say it. Don't, don't think it. Say it. You know. Make like, sure. You know. All right, so I, I joined the military uh, because of the Iran hostage situation in 1979. It pissed me off. I was going to join the military to give it, you know, get some respect back to our country. It sounds really naive, but there was enough of us that thought the same way that joined at the same time that under, you know, from 1981 to 1996, um, we dominated in the world militarily. And uh, I think it had a lot to do with because people that the same mind, especially in the SEAL team. But the uh, the hierarchy, how it works, the progression of, of development. So you, if you're a new guy, your job is to learn. My first platoon, I was to the Persian Gulf during the Iran-Iraq War in 1988, and I was primary or secondary air operations and secondary intelligence. And so I was learning those two departments. And then my next platoon, I was uh, secondary communications, primary air operations. And then I was also in ordnance. I went to sniper school and all that. And then uh, my next platoon, um, you know, and my, I was progressing myself. I, so this is how it works. When you're a new guy, you're learning your secondary department, you're learning that department, then you become a department head. And then the, the LPO's got job is to manage all the different departments. The chief's job is to teach the department head, the junior department heads, help help them learn how to be a department head. Hey, Ruben. The LPO, how to be a chief. And the junior officer, how to be a, a OIC. And there's that progression. They're, we're feeding each other information and teaching each other in the process. Ruben. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause yeah. you there only because it's uh, talk about structure. Uh, I really want to be very diligent about always ending at nine, and I have a nine a.m. Um, but um, we'll continue the Ruben uh, your story uh, in the future. Um, but thank you for coming up, and thank you for coming here on a regular basis. And I, you know, um, my goal is to continue to deliver value uh, to each and every one of you. So. Um, you may know you're listening to this show along the marketing podcast network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called the boost. 
Steve, tell listeners what you cover on the show. The Boost is our podcast, and the tagline is conversations with people promoting mental health, and that's what it is. So it's marketers, company executives, therapists, and mental health advocates talking about what they're doing to move this industry and this important thing called mental health forward. Amazing. And where can people subscribe? I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can find us there, just uh, slash Steve Turney, or you can find the show at marketingpodcasts.net. Or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.